Welcome to the latest episode of All Car Radio. If you're just looking for our latest car leasing deals, please skip to minute 16, otherwise enjoy the episode. One of our most popular sections ever on our blog is our leasing myths category. In today's podcast, I'm going to briefly go over eight of the biggest car leasing myths while debunking them. I'll include a link to each blog post in the show notes if you want to read any of these in any greater detail. And I'll also post the specific times each myth is brought up in case there's one in particular you want to listen to and just want to skip straight to that. The first myth is that leasing is effectively dead money. So, our answer is, when you lease a vehicle, you're effectively paying for the depreciation of a vehicle over time you're leasing it for. The AA estimates that a vehicle will lose around 40% of its value in the first year, and if you have driven 100,000 miles in three years, it will lose around 60%. These are some massive numbers to consider if you want to buy your car. So, let's consider this. We had a deal as of the 10th of July 2018 for a Seat on 1.4 TSI Technology 5-door for £206.64 a month, over 48 months, with an initial payment of £1,859.76. This equates to £9,092.16 lifetime cost. This was for a 10,000 miles a year contract. The retail price for this exact car on their website, Seat's website, was 21430 After three years, based on AA's calculation that your Seat Leon will have lost 60% or more of its value, 40% of course in the first year, which equates to 21430 not counting any APR if you have it on PCP. Let's take an average example of 6.4%, which would be roughly £1,050.07 on top. So if you were to lease it, the initial payment would be £1,859.76, 35 monthly payments of £206.64, and a total repayable cost of £9,092.16. The car value, based on what we've just discussed with the AA, is £12,858. Now, if you were to take a PCP on that exact car, you'd be paying the deposit of £1,050. On top of that would be 2250 contribution from Satan themselves. Then, 35 monthly payments of £359.01. You'll have paid £13,615.35 in three years and you still won't own the car. Your total repayable would be 23,010. 55 pence, and obviously the car value would be 12,858. As you can see from the example, the car through a PCP has negative equity, and you will have paid £13,615 for a car you don't own, as opposed to £9,092.16 pence for leasing it. And the difference of that is £4,522.84. Imagine what you could have done with that £4,500. It's enough for a luxury family holiday, half of another sale on lease a jacuzzi, new kitchen, or even a bathroom, as a couple of examples. If you, for whatever reason, decide to then pay the balloon payment at the end of it to own the car, then you will have purchased 12,800 car for £23,000, and you will have to have wait a very long time to ever see the £10,000 difference ever again. If you were to hold on to that, Leon, for maybe a decade, yeah, then perhaps you will have made your money back. But to suggest that leasing is dead money is, using this as an example, is false. Yes, you don't own the car, but there is an extra cost to be to have the privilege of owning the car so basically you're owning the car at your own financial expense if anything the dead bunny is in the ownership not in the leasing so why do we think that this myth exists in the first place well one of the phrases people like to use with leasing is that leasing a car is like renting a house where your money's paying for someone else's mortgage or it becomes dead money the key difference here though is that a car and a house do not depreciate at the same rate if at all as as often a house may increase in value whereas a car will never increase in value and i think that's where possibly 
people are going wrong when they're comparing car leasing with renting a house. A house is brick and mortar and it will never change. A house can adapt and modernise over time by the owner, but a vehicle can't. The vehicle will always be as you got it. A vehicle's engine and interior technology will become outdated and it will degrade. The exterior will become damaged and the repair costs build up quickly. It also gets out of warranty. Although a house still needs some TLC from time to time, it will never be at the same extent that a car will. Therefore, comparing renting a house and leasing a vehicle is, in our opinion, way off the mark. Leasing myth number two is to just buy used and over even leasing or even PCP. This one is the most common myth surrounding leasing, that buying used is the best option to get a car. I'm not going to sit here and say leasing is the be-all and end-all to vehicle finance because it's not always true. Our listeners will be able to see through it as a sales pitch and that's not what we're about here at All Car Leasing. So here are some pros and cons of both options and then you can decide for yourself whether you think it's myth or actual fact. So pros for leasing, the car is within warranty, car is brand new and unlikely to have problems and even if it is, the warranty should cover it. You know the full history of the car because you will be the first keeper. The maintenance package, if you offer it, takes even more of a stress away which replaces tyres and and breakdown cover and all the rest of it. The drawbacks of leasing, new cars may be recalled from time to time at no cost but still an inconvenience. You don't own the car at the end of it and quite often, especially with stock deals, the exact car that you are after may not be readily available so you may either have to choose a car that isn't exactly what you're after or you may have to choose a car that has a few extra options just to get it in the time frame that you're after. The positives of buying used. Used cars less than three three years old may still be in warranty especially if you're dealing with cars such as the Kia which is a seven year warranty. Dealers which offer approved used may have a better history than local nationally used dealers. I know off the top of my head Audi and Volkswagen and Mercedes offer approved. Uh, They may have a better obviously history and may put you more at ease than run-of-the-mill local dealerships and you may get a used car and you may never encounter any problems whatsoever so when it comes to the used market a lot of the scaremongering is you know if you buy used it may just fall apart all the time but sometimes you may get a used car and nothing goes wrong with it and in those instances you will think oh I'm glad I didn't lease but that's what we're here to do to give you both sides of the story some drawbacks of buying used you could though end up buying a car with lots of problems and quite often local dealers that once the ink's dried on the contract you know they may not be as helpful as they were trying to get you into the car in the first place. If you buy used that's older than three years, typically it will be outside of warranty and it may become a liability and your dealer, again, may wash their hands of the problem. And why does this myth exist? Well, we could definitely see why some people may think this is true. But the myth that leasing is always the best option or buying used is the best option isn't true. You've got to do your own deal diligence and do what's right for you and get your facts from a reputable sources. A point I probably didn't mention earlier when it comes to buying used. If you're buying it cash, I suppose there's no problem. But if you take sort of a finance arrangement on a used car you may be paying for interest on top obviously the the cash value and leasing has no interest so that's another obviously drawback to to consider but but like we said it's a myth that one option is always better than the other we find that the the finance arrangement should always suit you and you should do your research not just on the car but what type of finance arrangement may suit your financial needs at the time and anything that may change in the future the third myth to be debunked is that you have to pay a massive deposit when it comes to leasing. And there's no point going into great detail about this because the answer is quite simple. It's just not true. Leasing uses an initial payment system and that is effectively the first payment and not a deposit. And it can be small or large and all it does is make the monthly payments smaller or larger to fit whatever the customer wants to pay. You can even pay a one plus initial payment which is technically no deposit. So just to hammer the point home, having to pay a massive deposit with a car leasing deal 
is absolutely not true. And in fact, you get a pretty big flexibility when it comes to how much initial payment you want to pay. So it's probably the opposite, if anything. Why do we think that this myth exists? Well, we think that the myth started because adverts in the industry are often done with a larger deposit to demonstrate just how cheap the monthly payments could be. However, with ours, we make it clear that lower deposits or initial payments are available and to check the price on our website and use the configurator to either scale it down or put it up depending on what you want to pay. There are so many different configurations available for every single deal that we just can't display them all in our adverts. We can only really show one and then say, if you want something different, please visit our website. But to be fair, I think it can contribute to the myth. However, if we were to display our adverts with the lowest possible deposit, it will make the car a lot more expensive than what people typically pay. Like I said, we do offer a no deposit leasing deal, but very rarely do our customers actually choose that because instead they would rather pay a little bit more at the beginning just to bring their monthly payments down to something that's more aligned with their own personal budgets. Myth number four is that it costs more to insure a leased vehicle and it completely surprises every time that people believe it. Insuring a leased vehicle is a hassle or in some cases more expensive than a used car or a car purchased through another type of finance. This is one of the myths that irks us the most at Orca Leasing because in some instances it could wrongly put people off leasing and cost them more money in the long term because they've chosen a different financial package that may not be as cost effective to them as leasing would be. Insuring a leased car is no more of a hassle or expensive than a non-leased car. There's no need to go into any more detail than this really. You can check the show notes for a longer information should you need it. And if you ever do speak to an insurance provider and they've said, oh, because you've leased it, you'll have to pay this, probably wouldn't use that insurance company at all because that doesn't sound right. Myth number five is that you'll get hammered with a bill when you hand it back for damage. And this is not 100% of a myth because if you do hand the car back in a total state, then yes, you probably will be hammered with a bill and rightly so. However, to say that in general, you you'll get a big bill is the myth. If you took good care of the vehicle and hand it back in a state which is to be expected of a car of its age, then you shouldn't be billed at all. And I myself am a leasing customer and I have handed a car back and I experienced no bills. And it wasn't exactly in perfect state, but it did look like a car of its age, which was three years. With every vehicle, you receive a fair wear and tear policy, which should, you should read to find out what the finance company is expecting. However, this is probably our larger subject to go into detail with. But in terms of just debunking the myth, I think I've done a pretty good job of it. But if you did want to know more about this topic in particular then our blog on fair wear and tear is included in the show notes for you to read more and if you were to give us a ring to get a copy of the fair wear and tear policy from your finance company we are more than happy to provide that as well so why do we think that this myth exists well as a personal guess i think this myth is likely to have started by someone who didn't take care of their car then got a bill and then potentially they downplayed how badly they treated their car so when they got their bill they probably told their mates oh i can't believe i got such and such bill but they probably left left out the detail that it had scratches all over it, it'd been keyed, the tyres were in a bit of a state, the interior maybe had cigarette marks or something like that, and I think that's probably what started the myth off. Myth number six is that you can't change contract details once the ink has dried on the contract. And so this myth is to do with people thinking that once a contract is set, it cannot be changed at all. But first of all, before we get into it, let's discuss what kind of changes a customer is likely wanting to do, and whether or not they can make that change. Changing mileage. Circumstances can change where a person may need to drive more or less than they may have done when they took out the lease car originally. I myself have experienced this. My current car, I had a 10 minute commute when I got it. Now I've got a 40 minute to one hour commute and obviously my mileage is gonna, I called up the finance company, got the mileage changes and they adapted the contract for me. So that myth there is debunked straight away and backed up by the fact I can confirm that that's happened to me as a customer. All of our finance companies can accommodate the changing of your mileage and may adjust the monthly cost to match with the mileage is now likely to be at the end of the contract. What this means 
is that the finance company aren't interested in how much you drive in a month, but how much you will have driven during the lifetime of the contract. An example is you were doing 8,000 miles a year and it is a three-year contract, 24,000 miles. So now doing 12,000 miles a year on a three-year contract, which is 36,000 miles. Different finance companies will have different rules, so make sure to ask the finance company as soon as you realise you need to make the change. And I suppose this is the point I want to make with all of these subsections of this myth. Call the finance company as soon as you realise you do need to make a change. Don't bury it in the sand at all and don't just ignore it. Next up, to change the duration. When you sign up for a lease agreement, it will either be two, three or four years on the contract. However, depending on the finance company and other factors, an option of extending your lease may be negotiated. We would advise to call the finance company as soon as possible if this is your desire as it is at the finance company's discretion. But in a lot of examples I've heard, people have often extended it because they really enjoy the car and a lot of people have also handed the car back early. There is a bit of a charge if you wanted to hand it back in early, but you can actually hand it in early, which is the point I'm trying to make here. Next up, to change the driver, who is the one that's going to be using the lease car. To change the person who will be driving the car, all you actually need to do is to make sure that they are insured fully comprehensively. If there's an accident, then the insurance can help cover the amount holder's obligation towards repairs, ETC. But yeah, a driver is nothing to do with the finance company, really. It's just to do with who's insured. I suppose the leaseholder can stay the same, but who can drive it can change as long as they're insured. The next one is similar to the previous one, to change the lease account holder. However, this isn't a myth. If you're a personal car leasing user, then unfortunately you can't change the account holder. It will always have to be the person who signed the contract. However, it can be changed if you're a business owner and you can transfer the ownership of a lease to another business, provided they have been trading for at least three months and have three months of accounts. As usual, please contact a finance company to confirm this and with plenty of time before you actually need to make the change. Leasing myth number seven, you can't modify a lease car. We think that this myth is possibly related to the fair wear and tear and perhaps many people are confused with the whole I don't own the car thing with leasing. A lease car can be modified with the permission of the finance company. So I suppose there's a half myth, half truth here. You shouldn't modify a lease car without notifying the leasing company, but in most cases, the leasing company will be fine with it depending on what exactly you need to change. The rule of thumb that I can give to to listeners on this is if the change you want to make can be easily reversed without permanent damage, it will be safe to do so. You still need to get the permission but it should be safe. But if you want to do something that is likely to leave permanent damage, then perhaps not. One of the most common changes that people ask for is performance related. So to sort of put on a bigger exhaust or maybe remap the engine. And in most cases, these can be reversed. The original can be put back on and the remap can be undone. If you get the permission, you can do it. And it will probably need to be done by someone approved. So if you drive a Ford, we would, we would recommend going to an approved Ford dealership to get the remapping done as well as install the exhaust as an example. So the rule of thumb here is a leased car can be modified provided it's not permanent and it doesn't cause any damage and you've got the finance company's permission to do so. The final leasing myth that we're going to cover in today's podcast is that you can't lease a pool car or you can't use a car that the business has leased as a pool car for the company. Well a car which is leased by a business can be used as a pool car, so long as it has the appropriate insurance and that the fair wear and tear policy is adhered to. We highly recommend a business to have a robust pool car policy and regular inspections are made for the mileage, servicing and of course the fair wear and tear stuff. So the takeaway for this one is it is a myth that you can't lease a pool car, but we would give you recommendations that if several users are using it and it is likely to uh, you know, accrue a lot of mileage, that the business takes responsibility to make sure that the car is being used within its limits and is being taken good care of because at the end of the day, when the car is handed back to the finance company, 
it is the business's responsibility, not actually the users who are using it as a pool car. So if you're a business looking to lease a car to be used by your employees as a pool car, please bear that in mind. Why does this myth exist in the first place? Well, we think it's because there are there may be confusion over the ownership issue and multiple users, but there's no need for any confusion at all. So, and that pretty much is the end of this uh, episode. We have written eight separate blogs for all of these myths that we've debunked separately and in a lot more detail than this podcast has been able to do. So if if you feel like my, my answer is, is too basic or you want to know a bit more, we highly recommend just checking out those blog, blog posts individually, links of which will be in the show notes. So the next section, as usual, is Chris Taylor, who's going to let everyone know about the latest leasing deals that we think you should check out right now. All right. So this week, we've had a really good offer arrive on the BMW 1 Series. Uh, specifically, it's the Shadow Edition model with the 1.5 litre petrol engine, which is the range topping trim. Uh, with a £900 upfront payment on a three-year deal, that's worth 10,000 miles, uh, the monthly payment will be £299 a month. Chances are this will be the last time to grab uh, a bargain on the, the One Series, as the new model is going to be out this September, and the new rates won't be as low as these. So the second deal we've got this week can also be out for £299 a month, with a £900 initial payment, though this deal will be over two years instead of three years, and that's for a Volkswagen Tiguan match with a two-litre diesel engine. This would be great as a commuter car. I mean, the Tiguan's a very comfy car anyway, and you get front and rear parking sensors, cruise control, sat-nav, and I believe you also get 19-inch alloy wheels. So those are the two best deals we've got this week. Bear in mind, with leasing, it is best to strike while the iron's hot to avoid any disappointment. Though, if you listen to this episode sometime in the future, be sure to check out the links in the show notes below just to keep an eye on our current rates. Obviously, things change quite fast in this industry, so good luck. 